welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip the Block, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce the crew to you guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Uh, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor, Ward Mythaller, and all retired this evening. We have Chief John Newman, Captain Brett Bartlett, Lieutenant Randy Sutton, all the way from Police Week, Corporal David D. Crusta, drink at his bang, and uh, we've got uh, producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, yes, we have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.live, uh, TAC-Tote.com, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping make this show happen. Um, yeah, we've got a great uh, lineup. I, I know I say that every week, but we really do, honest. And uh, I, I can see that our social media crowd, you know, the people watching the live show conversing with us, uh, it's it's already hot and heavy. Uh, Phil Fortin, looks like he was the first guy to log on. So uh, so thanks, Phil, for doing that. So, look, let's start off with our first main topic. Randy, this is a perfect you know setup for you with the Wounded Blue. Uh, but it was on Police One, written by one of our favorites, Chief Joel Schultz. Are you taking care of your wounded leaders? And this piece that he wrote, it's definitely, most definitely written uh, to leaders, law enforcement leaders. But listen to what he has to say. Not only is the plight of disabled officers sometimes invisible as a policy issue to be addressed, but the disabled officer can become invisible to the law enforcement family that once existed. Police leaders and influencers must be advocates for disabled police officers, both for those who hope to return to work and those who never will. And uh, by saying influencers and police leaders, I think he's even talking about us. I mean, we're on this law enforcement talk show and certainly, you know, involving Randy, which Randy is doing. He is a voice. Uh, it talks about leaders can provide a preemptive education to officers. Leaders can develop the culture of continuing care and leaders can also, also keep aware of legislation affecting injured officers. Um goes on to say, and I'm just going to cover a little bit in the in the first one. He talks about both rookie and veteran officers. They're aware they may someday be called to make that sacrifice of their life, you know, in the line of duty, but few have seriously considered that they may be called on to live with chronic pain, uh, mobility limitations, PTSD, or other traumatic and career-ending energies, which I must admit, I didn't really worry about that too much. A uh, few enough officers have sufficient plans in place for their own death, much less for disability, although I did have due disabil two disability policies while I was working, uh, but education and the realities of finances, insurance, leave time, retirement options, and benefits, they can save time and grief for officers and their families. Uh, it talks about medical directives, organ donation, and other end-of-life issues. They should be addressed with the lower rate of marriage and the increased cohabitation. Officers cannot assume that their living partner will have any legal rights to visit, make decisions, or keep assets without prior, le or without prior legally binding agreements. Um, Wow. Uh, I, I think it was a really uh, good article. Thanks, FLG, man, for the donation, too. Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, they're up three games to none. Going for the sweep. Nice. Uh, but, um, Randy, you want to start us off on this? Or, or, Brett, I see you've got an open mic, too, so uh, go ahead, guys. Go ahead, Randy. This is your this is your topic. Yeah, I was really, really um, uh, happy to see this article come out. It was absolutely spot on, very well thought uh, thought out. Um, it, it, it was exactly what the doctor ordered, so to speak for, um, for officers who really very, very rarely take into consideration these life altering possibilities. Um, far more officers will become disabled in the line of duty than will be killed in the line of duty. And the, uh, the harsh reality is all too many, um, 
are unprepared for even the 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 concept of what happens when they get uh, severely injured in the line of duty. I had a conversation with an officer who was shot in New Mexico just this week. Um, he was he was shot up. He was a hero cop, um, uh, Adrian De La Garza. He was shot numerous times. Um, and, and in a very heroic effort uh, to take down a suspect. And um, they have, they have, they're paying him 60% of his base pay, which in New Mexico is like $3,500 a month. So he has to live on that because he never considered what would happen should an incident uh, take, uh, take his mobility away. And he's going to be fighting for this, and and he's 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 suffering greatly. So this is actually a national issue, and uh, it was a really good article. I wish every cop in America could read it. Well, thanks, thanks, Lieutenant. All right, Captain. I think uh, I remember when I first started, Randy. Uh, my FTO said three things: we're going to go join the credit union, you're going to join the union, and you're going to join deferred comp. We're going to do it right now, and um, I didn't. I didn't plan as well as I should have. I think they need to every every year, every two years, they need to have a almost a mandatory uh, appearance. Maybe somebody come around a roll call to say, "Look, guys, here's what we can do for you. Here's my number. You can't make them do it." But you know, when you're 25, 30 years old, you think you'll live forever. Then it's you know, financial security is just not a big thing. But uh, I was talking to a, a friend of mine today who had to retire medically, and, and it caused some serious issues in his in his relationships because he he left the department and there was no follow-up there was there was nothing and it really caused really caused some issues so it, it, they ought to make a part of their plan to call these guys up and talk to them and you know go have go have lunch with them or do something to let them know that you know we keep bragging about this well my police department's a family well it's a dysfunctional family but a family nonetheless but there's there is no there is no coordinated effort to follow up at least where we work you know, uh, thanks, Captain. You know, it, it, it made me reflect back. My last six years were with the police union. And, you know, when I was there, I, I witnessed some horrible things with officers dying. And they were not all line of duty. But some of the, some of these involved line of duty deaths, too, where, look, their money, uh, they didn't transfer. You know, they either it went to an old spouse, some of it, or the house went to the mother and didn't go to the wife and the children. I've seen, and you know, the claws come out and you just see some really nasty stuff going on, fighting over money and possessions. And it, it was just, you know, I see John nodding and said, it was just, it was just horrible. Uh, John, I don't know if you saw uh, the post that Tina Burgess wrote. I know that you and Randy were just together in DC. I don't know if you guys got in a scrap or not, but she's accusing you of having like, what, two black eyes because you've been in a fight or something. So I'll let you defend yourself, but yeah. Me? Yeah, yeah, it's right here on the, I mean, on the messages on the site. Yeah, Tina Tina Burgess uh, was John in a fight. Looks like a couple black eyes. So, but I, I've seen no, your wife. No, 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 no. These, these are Woodford, Woodford Reserve circles. <laughs> For every okay. bottle of Woodford Reserve, you get a circle. No, I, I didn't get no black eye. I'm just that, I'm just that ugly all the time. Um, you know, our old agency now, you look at it, um, they sit down with the new hires. And, and uh, it's part of the onboarding platform. They go over benefits. But like Dave said, man, you're 25 years old. Look, you got a job, baby. You know, they, they should re refresh it every year. Um, we do have, you know, we do have uh, friends of ours. You know, I remember when Lois was murdered, large discussions about her uh, significant other getting the you know, death benefits and she didn't get any. Um, and, and we know friends like that. It's, but I, what 
costs you $50 when you're 25 years old, man, $50 when you're 60, it's a different 50 bucks. You know, whatever it might cost you for deferred comp or your 409B, if you're doing any type of IRA, you're not thinking like that when you're in your mid-20s. You're lucky to have a job. Most of these cats are probably swinging from paycheck to paycheck, and they don't pay attention that I, I that they could, like, you know, we all said they can get hurt on the job. I mean, Randy makes a good point. Most people get hurt on the job more than they get killed on the job. And they're, they don't, I, do you remember Alden Davis, Dave? A.A. Davis? This guy was a, a cop's cop, and he and he worked some of the hardest projects. And I remember he lost his eye helping some a motorist on 275, probably around 1985, 86. And he was devastated that he had to retire, and he didn't know what he was going to do because that's all he ever wanted to be. So these are the unplanned, you know, situations that you got to think about. And even though you might get it on onboarding, I think the agencies have to do a better job of reminding. That being said. You can bring a horse to water. I can't tell you how many times, Chip, you were in the union. You can tell these guys and gals and tell them and tell them and tell them until you're blue in the face. No pun intended. <laughs> anyway, and they just don't listen. But, um, you know, I think it was a great article. I did think of Randy and his group. And by the way, he should have charged money, man. He had a queue line at his tent. All the other, you know, all the places in Tent City were busy. But having people go up, I watched him from afar. Like, I'll tell you exactly where I watched him. I was at the beer area, and I looked over and was watching him. But his his tent was constantly busy. It was good to see. But, but, but John, my question is, is that does he have any stories that could rival mine from the Leo Affairs booth? The story that I I, I, I never saw your booth. That was the dunking booth, right? They got <sighs> to throw the shit and put you in the, I mean, stuff and throw you in the water. <laughs> So there I was no know. there was no tank though, John. That's a big difference. There was no tank. It just happened. No, I think it was like a waiting pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wrong. All right. Well, thank. Well, it, it was a it was a kiddie pool, and he still couldn't touch the bottom. But that being said, um, the uh, you know, I remember when you mentioned that, John. There was no financial onboarding at all when we came on. It. I, I say many times. It, I was thank God I was lucky back then not necessarily good to to land where i did but I, that that kind of dawned on me there that we had no financial talk when we came on about what you should do what you shouldn't do brett was lucky to have an fto that did that for him i remember sluga you know told us all you're going to join the, the pension that's it shut up here sign here and that was about it um so i think you know for for law enforcement leaders across the country i think that's a that's a an important thing to start adding to your um, your your welcome uh, onboarding uh, to the to your departments uh, across the board. Yeah, you know, and, and Chip, they could add this. You know, you get an annual evaluation. Not why not make part of the annual evaluation a requirement to go see the you know somebody in the city, the police department to get your annual. Hey, uh, how's your uh, deferred comp going? You know, have you done have you done all the papers? Is your is is your pension contract? Is your wife in there or what? Just to make sure. You know, and just have an and after that, if you don't do it, well, tough crap. Perfect. Thanks, Captain. Perfect timing, guys. Um, all good uh, contributions to the topic. Thank you. It's time for our first commercial break. We will be right back. You know, when the job is tough and your days are long, do you remember why you got into law enforcement? Do you remember raising your hand for the oath, your pride in holding that badge for the first time? It's that core calling 
that goes relentlessly service with every order, with every call, and with every smiling hello. When so many things have been stacked against law enforcement, Goals is here to lift law enforcement back up to its rightful place of honor. Goals has been serving public safety for more than 50, that's five zero years, coast to coast, partnering with the most trusted brands and powered by technology built to make it easier than ever for you to get the gear that you need. Their CEO, Mike Bannon, he is the son and the grandson of law enforcement officers and understands the challenges that you face every day, and he's shaping Goals to make it less challenging with the, with the absolutely best customer service. So you deserve the best, and Goals is committed to delivering nothing less it's time to experience the new goals at goals.com welcome and, uh, back to the long table show brett did you have something yeah goals is having 20 percent off of boots and that equals free shipping basically that is a big deal actually yeah yeah all right, all right guys uh we're moving along here thank you captain um let's see this story it's on policemag.com uh, policetribune.com and leoaffairs.com it's cops charged fired suspended acquitted and cleared so I tried to throw it in all these categories. I'm going to go through these articles. Um, if I'm going to try to go through all of them. If, if I get to one that you re really want to comment on before I get to the next one, just go in and, and jump in, guys, because I'm uh, I'm not looking at your screen. I'm looking at the articles. But uh, the very first one, former officer pleads guilty in George Floyd's death. He will serve three years. So former Minneapolis police officer Thomas Lane, he pled guilty on Wednesday. The state uh, charges of aiding and abetting manslaughter in connection with George Floyd's death. Lane entered the plea, uh, I guess the guilty plea, during the court hearing as part of a plea agreement according to WCCO and under the agreement he agreed to serve three years in prison with the recommendation being for federal prison not state his defense attorney Earl Gray released a statement saying that if Lane had been convicted the mandatory sentence for unintentional murder would have been 12 years so I I guess he didn't want to you know take his chances with that um Ward did you want to comment on that one or yeah I I, I, mean, I don't like this at all I, I thought that was a bad prosecution of Tom Lane he had to plead guilty because the stakes are way too high. Um, I suppose this is one instance where it worked out okay for him that the feds actually charged him, which I thought was totally improper. Apparently, he's going to go to federal prison. I hope he worked out a deal with the feds for the same type of sentence. I mean, Ward, it's got to be a tough position to be in because it got so much publicity. There's so much hoopla involving anything involving George Floyd. I, I mean, you know, it, what, a, what a tough decision for, for an officer. Oh, yeah. It's basically, to me, it's kind of mob rule at this point. Yeah. Captain? And, and at this point, that's one reason why I'm astonished that cops are still on the job. I mean, we can say, oh, I'm sure glad that's not me, but I bet he can't say that. And he wasn't even the guy. He wasn't the guy on the other officers, uh, uh, the officer on the guys uh, holding him down. It, was he the rookie or was he one of the other guys? If he was a rookie, that's just absolute travesty. He, he, was, he was a rookie and he kept telling Chauvin that maybe they ought to put him on his side. Well, well then, Lord, what in God's name could they use as proof then? I, I wouldn't have prosecuted it myself, so I, I can't tell you. I mean, I suppose I'll argue that he should have stopped it somehow. Well, a rookie officer, that chance. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even put that burden on him. Um, all right, guys, well, uh, thanks. Our next one here, we've got a South Carolina deputy sentenced to 18 years for deaths of women who drowned in a transport van. I don't normally go in the real in the depth on the updates, but this one I think deserves it. Marion County, South Carolina, former uh, Horry County Sheriff's Department Deputy Stephen Flood uh, was convicted on Thursday of the reckless homicide and voluntary manslaughter of two mental health patients that drowned in a locked van that he drove past a barricade during a hurricane. 
but there's a reason why, and you're going to hear it. it. It doesn't make it any prettier. So this Marion County jury deliberated uh, for just a little over two hours on May 19th before returning the guilty verdicts on all counts against this guy named Flood, according to uh, WMBF. Now, South Carolina Circuit Court Judge William Seals sentenced this 69-year-old former sheriff's deputy. He's 69 now. A Wow. Um, he sentenced him to 18 years behind bars, according to the Post and Courier. So Seals, uh, the judge, gave Flood the maximum sentence for five years for each of the two manslaughter charges and four years each on two counts of reckless homicide. The maximum possible sentence for the former deputy uh, would have been uh, 30 years in prison. But remember, he got 18. So just over half of that. So during the storm on September 18th of 2018, so it was, you know, almost, you know, almost four years ago, about three and a half, uh, Horry County Deputy Flood and a deputy named Joshua Bishop, they load up two mental health patients into a Sheriff's Department transport van for a court-ordered trip to a mental health facility in another county, reported by Fox News. So before the deputies left the jail, a supervisor uh, provided them with safe routes to drive the transport um, with the women in it um, because the usual routes had been closed down due to the flooding. And affidavits uh, said that a, a fellow transport officer had warned deputies Flood and Bishop that their usual route through Nichols was impassable, according to the Post-Courier. So, however, uh, with Deputy Flood driving, they ignored the detour instructions, headed uh, straight through the flooded area, and the pair of deputies, they uh, skipped two different warning points where they could have turned around and they ignored those instead of going back to a safe route. And instead, they had the South Carolina National Guardsmen open up a barricade to let them onto a closed roadway. And of course, ultimately, uh, floodwaters you know, killed the women that were locked inside the van. Captain? Uh, first, uh, Drew, uh, Sergeant George watching us. He's in Tokyo, Japan watching us. So he wouldn't surprise for being, being furthest out. And one of our listeners said, how weird, the guy flood drove into a flood. Oh, oh, see, this was gonna happen. Now, if he had just driven around a barricade, uh, all right, he was told not to go that way. He passed several barricades. Uh, he passed a National Guardsman who said, don't go this way. I'd love to hear that conversation. And I'll bet it was something like this. Listen, pal, you go that way and you're on your own. And what a horrible ending for those two people in the back of the van. I can't even, just can't even imagine. Time for another commercial break, guys. We will be right back. Well, let's talk about industry leader and technology solutions for law enforcement at Guardian Alliance Technologies. Their software will cut background investigators' time in half. Now, we all know there's a call for more accountability in hiring and selecting who gets to wear the badge. And with Guardian, they developed a CGIS-compliant background investigative software platform that helps weed out problematic applicants in record time. And with Guardian, their entire background check process, it's more comprehensive, but it's also much faster for both the agency and the applicants. There's no upfront fees or long-term commitment, so I strongly recommend that you visit them today at guardianalliancetechnologies.com. And also... Let's talk Medicare. Yes, we're all getting a little older. Just look at the panel here. Uh, but uh, look, there's Medicare insurance options just in Hillsborough County, Florida alone, where I'm at. There's over 80 options. So uh, these benefits, they change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call Erie code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area of Florida or a Boss Hog radio listener. Um, now, talk to James or Bobby. They'll meet you in person, save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get you more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, 813-245-6656 or mymedicare.live. Thanks, Cam. Uh, Ward, how about the, I mean, these deputies were, at least this one deputy was a little old to be, to be working there, I think, but uh, what do you? what's your take on this, Ward? We've got a little less than two minutes. Well, the uh Jury only took two hours, so the, the evidence is, must have been horrific here. What, what, what trouble, what, 
what confuses me and I, what I don't understand, and I'm sure I'm missing the point here, uh, he was charged for both reckless homicide and involuntary manslaughter um, for the same crime. And I would have thought there'd be a double jeopardy issue with, with, with that, but uh, I'm sure the judge knows something I don't know. All right, thank you. I see Randy shaking his head. All right, Chief. Well, you know, one, one of the things I, I think we all agree was horrible and, you know, a, a righteous verdict was rendered. You know, this is what when this is what happens when you allow the criminal justice program, I mean, the, the, the system to work because it brings me back to Freddie Gray. You know, they want to make it seem like the cops did something horrible. There's accountability in our profession. There really is. And here's a prime example of it. The guy ignored, you know, not only a director from the supervisor that provided him a map, but he also went around barricades. You know, he probably just wanted to get there faster. At 69, he probably just figured he knew how to drive in a storm and had had tragic consequences. And look what happened. He was held to account. Um, and there was it didn't have to be some sort of manifested witch hunt, um, you know, to find justice for these, uh, you know, these two patients that were locked and, and died a horrible death. And I this I look at something like this and it brings me back to two years ago or three years ago. We're talking about some of these salacious, you know, um, incidences involving law enforcement and corrections when we really do hold each other to account. All right. Thank you, Chief. Hey, uh, thanks to Gulls, Guardian Lines Technologies, gunlearn.com, mymedicare.live, tac-tote.com. And uh, look, fueling us was Bang Energy um, and also FLG Man and MBS. Thanks for sponsoring and, uh, and for the donations, guys. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.